Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Batter's Box on WNSP Now. We're talking with Joey Warner tonight and his co-host, Ricky Patterson. We're in the studio on WNSP on Dolphin Street here in Mobile, Alabama. we got a good show for you tonight about baseball. We're going to talk about T-ball all the way up to collegiate sports, high school sports, and, and we got some Major League Baseball players we're going to talk to and, and some, some old superstars out of Mobile that we have on the phone tonight. So stay with us, and, uh, and we're going to have a good show, myself and Ricky. Uh, uh, I'm going to start off with, with my Yankees T-ball. Uh, we, we lost, again, our fourth loss. We lost 20-15, to 15, but it was 15-15 at one time, and we were in the game. Uh, Claire Butts was a, a winner of the game ball, and she, she was really proud of that. And we we uh, have another guy, Hustle Russell, with all the muscle, Cunningham, broke his foot. So he's, he's gonna be, not going to be with us for a little while, so we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, and I do want to say something about my co-host, Ricky Patterson. Ricky, uh, he does hitting lessons on the side, and he's, he's booked up all the time. But I'm going to throw his telephone number out there just in case there's people out there that, that need hitting instruction or any kind of baseball instruction. This is the man you need to talk to. His telephone number is 251-709-7291. And as I mentioned before, in a few minutes, we're going to have Wade Boyette on the line. Wade's out of Atlanta, living in Atlanta for several years. Uh, back in 1968, uh, uh, Wade was an outstanding athlete, a football player, baseball player, just all kinds of stuff we're going to talk about with Wade. Then we're going to have Lance Johnson on the line. Lance was a uh, broke the single season uh, uh, stolen base mark back in 1984 for the South Alabama Jaguars when he swiped 89 stolen bases. And then he went on to play in the major leagues for 14 years and did some outstanding things as a major leaguer. I mean, just some outstanding things. And he's resided in Mobile ever since he came from Triton Junior College, where he was roommates with Kirby Puckett many, many years ago. And Ricky was a instrumental in getting Lance here. So Ricky Patterson's going to talk to Lance Johnson here shortly. So stay with us on the, on the batter's box on WNSP Now. I'm going to talk a little bit of high school football before we get going here. I'm, listen to me, Ricky. High school baseball. Sounds like Jimmy Whitfield. Yeah, it does, man. We're trying to loosen up here. But, you know, I'm trying to go through the home runs that, that players hit each week. And, and I'm going to start off with the home runs. And St. Paul's' Taylor O'Dell hit two home runs to give him four on the year last week. Edward McLeod hit, hit, a home, hit two more home runs himself, and he's got three. Cole Dean of Bayshore has got three home runs. Zai Smith from Theodore hit a grand slam his first of the season. Carson English of Alma Bryant hit a home run. Noah Blackburn of Mobile Christian hit his third home run. Cam Lafitte out of Saraland hit a home run. Mose Piper out of Davidson hit his second home run of the season. Uh, Brandon Andrews out of Cottage Hill Christian hit a home run. Carson Joyner, Cade Morrison, Josh Gunther, all of Bayside Academy slapped home runs. Trevor Wilkerson from Alma Bryant hit a home run. Bryant Derman from Baker hit his second home run. Trevor Murphy, who's hitting about 560 over at Baldwin County, hit home runs number four and five. Aiden Owens from Baldwin County went yard itself. Brian Davis from Davidson hit a home run. Blake Smith from Spanish Fort hit a homer. And Pierce Dutton from Spanish Fort hit two home runs. Uh, several teams are playing good baseball. Andy Robbins has his his St. Paul's Saints at 13 and 5. Peter Bezzaretti at Robertsdale has his Bears at 13 and 5. Baldwin County's 12 and 6. Gulf Shores 11 and 6. Saraland and Mobile Christian both are 11 and 5. Satsuma's 11 and 3. Fairhope's 10 and 8. Spanish Fort's 10 and 9, and UMS is 10 and 7. There's your leaders in high school baseball as far as records and uh, winning season so far. And on Wednesday, we're having our, our Midtown Optimist Club Awards Luncheon, and Coach Glenn Vickery is going to be our special guest. Coach Vickery has, has been around the block in Mobile. He's coached at Mobile Christian. He's coached at Davidson High School, Daphne High School, as football and baseball at Davidson High School, and baseball at Spring Hill College. He, 
uh, way back when. He was a superstar at BC Rain. He's a pitcher. He was a 15th round draft choice of the Montreal Expos back in 1969, I believe. But uh, anyway, uh, he's, he's done wonders for, for, for athletes all around town, and, and he's, he's going to be our, our spokesperson at the Midtown Optimist Club Awards Luncheon. At that luncheon, we're going to award the, the fifth week uh, Players of the Week from Mobile and Baldwin County. And the Player of the Week from Mobile is Mose Piper from Davidson. And the Pitcher of the Week from Mobile County is Bryson Golf out of Saraland. Now listen to this. This is Bryson Golf's second pitching award. I go through these stats. I mean, I spend time on these stats. And by the way, check out Mobile Baseball Connection on Facebook. I mean, if you want to look at baseball, if you want to read about Ricky Patterson and his his uh, history, Wade Boyette, his history, Lance Johnson, you can't pull it up on a database like I can, but I repost a lot of stuff. And, and I, I go into the old archives of the press register and I, I just put all kinds of stuff up there. And during high school season, I spend a lot of time doing stats. And, and I can't satisfy everybody, you know. And, you know but I, I go through these things with a fine-tooth comb, and I try to pick out the best award winner. And I, I hope that, that I'm, I'm doing okay there. With Bryce, Bryson Goff was the pitcher of the week the third week, and he won the award again this week, and he earned it. Over in Baldwin County, this is another curveball. Uh, Fairhope, who is, is heating up. They got some outstanding players over there, hitters and pitchers. They have the pitcher and the player of the week. The player of the week from Fairhope, Jackson Hatcher. And the pitcher of the week, I think he's only a sophomore. That's Miles Drew Johnson. They call him MD, MD Johnson. So uh, we're going to award those players on, on uh, Wednesday, and uh, we're going to keep rocking on with this high school baseball. And as I said, we're going to get we're going to get uh, Wade Boyette on the line here in just a few minutes. And uh, and uh, so, but right now, me and Ricky, Ricky, how's your weekend going? Oh, good. Uh, uh, do you have any hitting instruction? Oh yeah, every day. <laughs> they kept me pretty busy. That's why I'm you know I'm pretty booked up right now. Yeah. Well, I wanted to mention that about about your hitting instruction because there's so much, so many hit. Uh, hitting instruction opportunities for players around town. Believe it or not, I've had several, several of these professional businesses wanting to, you know, wanting to, you know, get on the show, this show, and and talk about their 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 companies and their their opportunities. And I like to do that. You know, it's going to be a long baseball season. So, but uh, you know, there's some other uh, former pros and former players that 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 do instruction. But say a little bit about. What well, you're I talked to Tanner Williams, uh, Tanner Allen, the other day. And uh, he said that he's swinging a, he's swinging a bat pretty good. You know, he's, you know, he got away from, you know, trying to finish too quick. We've been talking, you know, about every two or three days and see how he's doing. So uh, he, he called me the other day and right after, you know, be nice and easy. And then he, uh, he said, well, it didn't go too good today. I punched out twice. Uh -oh. <laughs> and he said it might have been a little early. And but uh, the next he said he the last two games that he played he swung the bat really really well, said he you know he's nice and smooth now and you know that's the main thing you know a lot of guys with the intensity when they're playing the game they get real real quick, and they he tried to do too much and I just you know I was told him said calm down a little bit, you know just you know don't be as don't finish as fast as you know that when you start, and so you know he kind of he said he talked uh, he talked to his hitting guy and they worked on some of the things that he likes to do and you know he's he feels real good about himself that's great he's an exciting player i watched him last year or two years ago at, uh, at mississippi state uh live got to see him play live he was definitely the leader of the team and and you know he's kind of like me behind this microphone he, he's jumped into the professional level he's trying to do too much which i'm trying to do too much down here but i think in the i was talking to randy patrick last night and he said to tell you hello we're going to get him down here and he's going to give me some instructions so, so oh I, so, I got some good stories of randy i'll be glad for it oh yeah one more thing before we get to uh wade is alex pastor i said get your stories ready and he talked about having ricky patterson stories i said get your stories ready we're going to get you on here pretty you know pretty regular as the season goes and he said he says well some of the stories about ricky patterson may not be appropriate for the radio so. <laughs> But anyway, uh, we're going to talk with Wade Boyette. He's out of Atlanta. Wade, are you on the line, buddy? 
I'm here. Hey, buddy, what's going on, man? I'm glad you were able to, to stay up with us tonight. I know you're an hour uh, ahead of us over there. So uh, what's been going on, big man? Man, I've just been listening. I've just uh, listened to the, uh, my favorite guy, Chuck Oliver, talk college football. Uh-oh, I hear him every – he's kind of going off every day when I get off work. And... Oh, he is He is something else now. He's, uh, he coached high school football around here. My son played against uh, his team when he was at South Gwinnett, and uh, we had some good success against them. Well, Wade, before we, before we get into talking about some things, I'm just going to throw some stuff at you. I'm going I'm to sure. I'm, I'm tell the listeners a little bit about Wade Boyette, you know, the little bit that I know. And, uh, but, uh, wait, I, 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 I'm going to throw this at you, man. You were born on Valentine's Day. Is that correct? Uh, that's what I'm told, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. But anyway, uh, we're going to go all the way back at, back to 1968. And I did talk to Jimbo, Jimbo Mason yesterday, and Jimbo wasn't able to come on the show. But I, I want to get you and Jimbo on the show at the same time with me and Ricky down here. And it, it's an amazing story how y'all were both drafted in the second round in 1968, you out of Davidson High School and Jimbo out of Murphy High School. And I'm going to throw some figures at you and, 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 and the listeners. I want them to kind of uh, chew on this and grasp it and look at how times have changed. And uh, you, But you had that opportunity to go to play football at Auburn. At the same time, we're going to talk more about that. But, but everybody, Wade Boyette was drafted in the second round in 1968 by the St. Louis Cardinals. Back then in 68, there was only 20, 20 picks per round. I guess it was 20 teams back then. I, I, I don't know if that's right or not, but there was 20, 20 players, I mean 20 team, uh, draft choices per round. Wade was number 39 in the second round, number 39 overall, and uh, Jimbo was number 28 overall. Uh, the first round pick, first pick overall was Tim Foley, who was a light-hitting shortstop, played in the majors for, for many years, his bonus was $74,000, okay? All right, the slot money for 2022, which was last year, for the 28th pick, which would have been Jimbo Mason out of Murphy, was in 2022 was $2,621,700. Slot money, which is the bonus money that they offer that player that's picked in, in that position. And Ricky knows a little bit more about me, this than me. They, the, the money up there is they can divvy it out uh, in different ways, but it, a lot of times, kind of rule of thumb, if you're drafted in the first 10 rounds, you may have a better opportunity to sign. And, and, but, but anyway, and then at, at the 39th pick, Wade Boyette, the slot money for that 39th spot was $2,004,500. Now, Wade, uh, don't you wish you could uh, turn this thing around 55 years and, and, and get that kind of money? <laughs> Joey, uh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I, I, got, I got some good money uh, for the time, um, and I, uh, I'm, I was very pleased and very proud to be able to sign uh, and play the game I'd loved since I was seven years old. Yeah, uh, you know, and you know, you you went to play with the St. Louis Cardinals. You played from '69 to '73, five years. Played in places like in the Florida State League at St. Petersburg, Cedar Rapids, in the Carolina League, Modesto, in the California League, and and, and you put up good numbers. I mean, you, I mean, you know, you were you were a really good pitcher. You stood six foot four inches tall. I guess you're still that tall, huh? <laughs> uh, last time I checked, but. Uh... You know, it's uh, with the as the years wear on, we all get shorter. I know, man. I tell you what, I'm not going to tell you what the last time the doctor says how tall I am, <laughs> because I, uh, I I was listed at five six early early in my life, and then I, I stretched it to five seven, and I, I I'm I'm down there, brother. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's exactly right. But you know, you came out of Davidson High School, Wade, and. Uh, you came up with a, a lot of outstanding athletes in the mid to late 60s. And uh, Murphy was loaded. You know, uh, uh, Jimbo Mason, uh, Andy Merchant, Norwood Hill, Bobby Curtis, Terry Curtis. They were a little bit later, I think. Some of them might have been don't, later. Don't, don't, don't forget Wayne Boatman. Now. Wayne a, Boatman. Man, you, yeah. rem you yeah. remember when we talked about Wayne when he, when he passed away. And bless his heart, what an outstanding man. I, I thought I'd found another friend when I met Wayne 
about just a couple yeah. of months before he passed away a few years ago. But well, Wayne, Wayne was uh, Wayne was the consummate hitter, and he he hit me like he should, and that is just trying to go up the middle with the pitch and not try to muscle it. Uh, the guys that tried to muscle it, uh, they didn't do so well. But Wayne just hit the ball up the middle, and uh, he did. He he had a he had good success against. But let's just put it that way. Well, you know, Wayne was a uh, was an outstanding individual and, and a great baseball player too. And, yeah. And you know, uh, Wade, uh, like I was saying, coming up against these guys, you talk a little bit about your, your Babe Ruth when you played with the uh, in the uh, on the Babe Ruth teams here local and and what coaches were inspiration to you, and, and y'all ended up going to the World Series, and, and uh, you still hold a, a strikeout record out there when you struck out 18 in one game. And, again, you, I think you struck out uh, 20 in one game as a high schooler at Davidson High School. Talk about that. I, I did. I did. Um, yeah, I, I played in the National League at Duval Park, and, and the guy by the name of Bill Freeman really started me playing baseball. And why he even selected me, I don't know, because I wasn't very good at, say, nine or ten years old. But uh, I got better as the years went on. Uh, then I went to the, uh, the the International League in Babe Ruth, which is uh, 13 to 15-year-olds. And uh, my, my, when I was 15, I was selected to the All-Star team. And a man by the name of Merle Mason, Jim's dad, uh, got a hold of me and really helped with my mechanics. Uh, and, and, and helping with my mechanics also helped my control. I could always throw the ball hard. Uh, it's just that sometimes I didn't know where it was going. Uh, <laughs> but he got to me where he got me where I, I had I had better mechanics and uh, better form, and, and 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 which resulted in better control. And I think the results, you know, spoke for themselves or spoke for themselves. We had uh, we we had a you know it, you know Joey it was. I played against these guys in high school and in middle school, and and then all of a sudden during the summer we're playing together on All Star team, and and these were some of the best teams I'd ever been on a part of, and it was an honor to, to pitch for these guys because they went out there and they uh, they left it all out on the field. They they really played hard, and they played to win. And Mister Mister Mason took a bunch of guys that were pretty good, you know, individually, and 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 made us a team and. Uh, and Jim was a part of that, and uh, you know, guys like uh, Kent Ubedra was was a part of that, uh, and, and others, uh, Dalton Sheffield, uh, guys like that. And uh, w- you know, we we just we had a good team, and uh, when we went out on the, on the playing field, we were out there to win, and uh, not at all costs. We played we played hard, we played fair, but uh, we played to win. And we won a lot more than we lost, and uh, eventually went to the World Series in the Babe Ruth League. Um, and I think we finished third there. Um, I pitched a game uh, that we actually lost. I pitched for ten. I pitched ten innings, and uh, it was tied two-two when I came out. And we eventually lost that game. I think three-two. But uh, it was, uh, and that was in Anderson, Indiana. But I tell you, Joey. Uh, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade those years for anything. I wouldn't trade the friendships that I made, uh, the guys that I played with. Uh, you know, you know yourself. When you play on a team with guys, um, it's a special relationship, and you never forget those guys. You just, you just never, you know, never forget them. Uh, guys like Mike Harris, guys like um, Kent Yabedra, Don Touchstone, Wayne Bolt. Joe Tillman, uh, Steve Kittrell. I mean, one of the finest, finest guys I, I, I'd ever, I've ever met is Steve Kittrell. And, you know, guys like that that you, you play with and you go out and you, you go to battle with, uh, you just don't forget. You, you just really don't forget. I understand what you're saying, buddy. I really do. And I, I never made it as far as, as yourself or Ricky or – or uh, so many of these pro ball players and major league ball players that I that I write about and and look up to, but uh, uh, I I read about them and study about them and it's all part of my blood with that. But I want to I want to throw some other names out at you and some of the younger listeners may not remember some of these guys, but I know the older listeners and and we, you know I don't know who's listening out there, but I, I I encourage people to listen because this is a podcast and you can always listen anytime you want, but. 
in that second round back in 1968, which 68 was a great year on the major league level. That was the Tigers and the, and the, and the uh, Cardinals, which is the organization you were with. And that's Bob Gibson had one of outstanding seasons. And Denny McClain right. was outstanding. Uh, just a great year. But in that second round, listen to these names that were, that were uh, I'm sure you know these names, but, but these are the guys that were drafted in that second round along with you and Jim, uh, Jimbo Mason, uh, Bill Buckner. Uh, Milt Wilcox and Bob Molinaro, all three of them went on and had, had wonderful careers. And, and listen to this. In the first round, behind Tim Foley, listen to these names, Thurman Munson, Greg Luzinski, the Bull, and Gary Matthews, Sarge, and Bobby Valentine. He was, a, hey, he, he reminds me kind of like Ricky. Ricky, he was a great manager, and Ricky was real feisty, just like Bobby Valentine was. And, and some of the guys you played with, listen to this, in, in minor leagues, and you remember these guys, Larry Herndon, Jerry Mumphrey, Eric Rasmussen, John Tamargo, Mike Vail, and listen to this name. Do you remember Tom, Zim, Tom Zimmer? I do. I do uh, remember Tommy. Tom Zimmer. Now, I can't – like Don Zimmer. We all remember Don. Yeah. He yeah. – that, that's, that's let me Let me throw another guy out okay. at you that maybe you weren't aware of, but – I room with a guy by the name of Kenny Reese. I, I, I forgot. Third base. Yeah, I had him on the list, and I didn't get the second column. Him and John Denny oh. both. <laughs> I used yeah, to follow John them Denny, in the seventies. Yeah, and, and I've got a picture of myself with John Denny, and I was uh, I was in St. Pete when John Denny signed and came and played with us, and uh, he was a he was a good young man, and uh, he he did exceptionally well. He was traded to the Phillies eventually, and uh, in fact won the Cy Young Award. I think at uh, maybe 30 or 31 years old, he, he was a good young man. He, good, he was a good ball player. That's right. I, I, we're, I'm, man, you were supposed to get together and, and do a little little report on him. And both of those, Reitz and, uh, and Denny, were just outstanding major leaguers. And we, going back to Zimmer for a minute here, the 1952 Mobile Bears were loaded with Don Zimmer. And that's where uh, I'm not, I can't tell you where Tom was born, but he had to spend some time at Hartwell Field. I mean, and because listen to these players that played for the 52 Bears, and they were good. They hit with power. They hit uh, – I would have loved to have been alive back then to see this, this kind of baseball. Bama right. Rowell, Norm Larker, George Freeze. These are the Ooh. kind of guys that played with Don Zimmer at Hartwell Field here in Mobile amongst hundreds more historical players that played at Monroe Park in Hartwell Field, but I, I came across that name, Tom Zimmer, I wrote about him in my book, and I, and I saw where he, he was on the, uh, one of your teams down in the Florida State League, I, I guess it was St. Petersburg. But, uh, right, Tommy was, uh, Tommy was a feisty uh, young guy, uh, a pretty darn good defensive catcher, and uh, I, think he had a, I think he had a pretty good career in, in baseball. Yeah, he was a third-round pick as well. But, um, you know, but I tell you, uh, uh, I know I've done a lot of talking here. I'm going to give you a little chance to talk a little bit more. Uh, and I'm going to slow down a little bit, but let's talk a All little right. bit about your football career. I mean, you're a great baseball player, and you had to, you had to make a decision whether you were going to go play football or baseball. And I think you, even, you talk about working out over there at South Alabama with Coach Stanky. But uh, you had right. an opportunity to go play at Auburn. And uh, tell, tell us about that, that player up there that was a Heisman Trophy winner that, that you would have been battling against at Auburn. But uh, – uh, I guess outside of Steve Kittrell, uh, I think Pat Sullivan's probably uh, one of the finest people I've ever met. Uh, in fact, years later, uh, we uh, we had a chance to meet after we were I was in business and I was at Birmingham in business. Anyway, uh, so I, I went up I went up to Auburn for uh, recruiting visits as as did Pat, and ultimately we had we both signed with Auburn. I think a lot of people were surprised that I signed with them, but. Uh, I, I felt at that time, at that time, I felt like they wanted me uh, a little more than the other school in Tuscaloosa. Uh, now I'm, I'm a big Alabama fan right now. I want you to know that. But I'm a Notre Dame time, fan. You, you you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> what's that? I'm a Notre Dame no, fan. No, I, that, that, that's that's not nope. very obvious. Uh, Nobody Kelly. knows that, do they? <laughs> yeah, but okay. uh, but you know I. And, and I, I looked at both schools. I, you know, you've seen a, I've got a picture of me in Bear Bryant's uh, basement with his wife, Mary Harmon, and Dude Hennessy and a few of the coaches. And, and I had a good time 
when I went to Alabama and, and enjoyed the visit. But when I went to Auburn, Joey, it, it just it just felt like home. It, it I mean, you know, they they really they really uh, Teal Cordy, uh, Claude Sire, those guys that recruited me, really made me feel welcome and made me feel like they really wanted me and and needed me. You know, and uh, anyway, so Pat and I, uh, Pat and I, um, obviously, w- it, it would have been a it would have a great battle. My wife uh, told me later that uh, I'd have probably been a tight end, which really busted my bubble. But uh, you know, it's uh, it, it it was it was just a great time in my life, Joey. I, and it was a hard decision. I mean, it was a really hard decision because you know I I signed a letter of intent with with Auburn, uh, thinking that I would play college. In fact, in fact, I signed. With, you probably know this. Many don't. I signed with the St. Louis Cardinals a week before I was supposed to go off professional football at Auburn. Wow. I mean, we had talked to the Cardinals the whole summer. And uh, I, I finally decided that they finally came around with, you know, the, the money that we were looking for, and they paid for my education um, and things like that. So uh, I, there, there was some uh, – some anyway – I, uh, I it was a hard decision, but it was my decision, and my my mom and dad left it to me. But guy, and and the the reason I kind of felt a little bad for guys like Kill Cordy and Claude Sire, who really had spent a good part of their life uh, recruiting me, and uh, you know making sure that I I felt comfortable that they uh, they felt like that uh, you know I I could play football there, and uh, I felt like I could play football there. Now, what position? Uh, there's some debate about that, but uh, and, and Pat and I had some fun with that uh, years later, as I mentioned. But uh, Pat Sullivan was one of the finest uh, individuals I'd ever met, outside of say Steve Kittrell. Kittrell's another one. Well, you know, and I I I, I hear you there, and and you know there was another great one there uh, with Terry Beasley was just a sensational player. I mean. Of Sullivan and Beasley, that was I, I was a ten year old back then, but I I knew college football probably more than I do today back then, because we only yeah. had, we only had one source, the sports page, and it was such a it was so great to w- get up and uh, every day and look at that sports page. It was just full of stuff, and it, it's it, well, that stuff I uh, ruined. once the actually the summer after I'd signed uh, Beasley and Bre- Alvin Bressler and Eric, I think it's Eric Chow. I'm trying to remember the kid from Viagra that went and played a, was a receiver up there. Um, they wanted they wanted to get together with me in the summer and throw you know throw the football and uh, for me to throw to them and and uh, you know I was tempted to do that but I was still playing baseball and uh, my summers were pretty busy with baseball and just you know I didn't have the opportunity to do it but uh, you know I I have I have and you maybe have asked me at times you know did I ever regret. Uh, not playing football, and my answer is no. I, I never look back. I never regret. Um, I never. I try to make good decisions, and uh, I think I think me playing baseball was a good decision. Um, again, I played baseball from the time I was seven years old. It was my first love, and uh, I had to go with I had to go with my first love and 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 what I really was what was really in my heart, and 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 where I felt like I had the best uh, best opportunity to play in the big leagues um, and be successful. Well, I tell you, that's you're a great story, Wade. And uh, I remember the Wade Boyette name in the newspaper when I was learning to read back in the late <laughs> 60s. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to thank you for coming on with us tonight. And, again, we're going to have you back on uh, sometime in the future. Hopefully we can get Jimbo Mason on with you and – and uh, it's been an honor to talk to you. And if you're ever down here in Mobile, uh, get up with me. And we've talked about it before. And we'll we'll, we'll go to lunch or something and and uh, yeah. reminisce on some more more history and memories, uh, Wade. Well, I've got a I've got a great Pat Sullivan story. I'll tell you when we're uh, when we have lunch or we get together, and uh, uh, you'll uh, you'll enjoy it. Okay. Well, again, thanks for coming on and. Uh, we, this we'll we'll be talking to you in the in the in the near future and and uh, uh, just again just an outstanding career uh, that you had and, and it's been an honor to talk to you Wade and have a great night. Buddy. My pleasure. 
it's my pleasure, and I look forward to uh, get uh, coming on again with uh, Jimbo and uh, and reminiscing. Thank you. All right, buddy. War Eagle and Roll Tide and Go Irish. <laughs> All right, buddy. We're going to get Lance Johnson on the line, and we're going to let Ricky Patterson talk to him. Rick, I kind of kind of ran with that one, Ricky. I didn't. Oh, really you mean sure that. did. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I got. I, I've been wanting to talk to Wade. He's been out of Mobile for so many years. But while we're waiting to get Lance on the line, I'm going to go across our, our collegiate report. Uh, Coach James Hattenstein has Bishop State at 13 and 12 after they split four games with George Wallace of Dothland this past weekend. They're going to be playing Wallace of Selma, a four-game series in Mobile this weekend. Uh, Bryce Eddington's hitting 385 with six doubles and 14 RBIs. He's out of St. Luke's. Rashad Robinson out of Mobile Christian is hitting 339 with 13 RBIs and 14 stolen bases. Tyrese Rooks of St. Paul's is hitting 377 with eight doubles. Brandon Davis has got 353 average and 15 runs scored. And Gage Miller's 18 hits, 18 runs, and 11 stolen bases. Uh, Ryan Kelly out of Baker is 4-0 on the mound, and Tyler Sermon is 2-1 on the mound. They're, he's from Baker, too. Bryce Dulce is 3-1, and, and Caleb Sanders is 3-1 for a balanced pitching staff. And uh, John Seymour's, University of Mobile, we had him on last week. Ricky did an outstanding job with him. And they dropped two games this week, but it was to the number five team and the number two team on NAIA. And that's the uh, number eight, University of Mobile, dropped to 20-4, and four, but they're still 6-0 and oh in the Southern States Conference. They will host Loyola University in a three-game set this weekend. Spring Hill College moved to 12-11 and 11 under Coach Walker Bullington. And Faith Academy's Jackson Bell is hitting 326 and is up to eight home runs and 26 RBIs. And Gage Ragona... Adam McGill is hitting 288 with five homers and 20 RBIs for the Spring Hill Badgers. On Wednesday, they, they played Auburn University of Montgomery, and on Thursday, they start a three-game set with Kentucky State over on Spring Hill College. A lot of baseball in town this coming weekend. The USA Jags, Mark Calvey, they dropped three games. They lost to Bama last week. We, we tried to promote that game with Alex Pastor, and they lost, uh, were shut out out of zero to four, and then they lost to Georgia Southern two games. So they, they dropped eight and 12 and 0 and three in the Sun Belt. J.G. Bell, a Faith Academy product, is up to 289 with 22 hits. And Will Turner's got 30 hits and hitting 385 by Lawrence Colson is hitting 292 with four home runs. They are playing Auburn tomorrow night in Montgomery, Alabama at Riverwalk Stadium. That's where the uh, Montgomery Biscuits play. And uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, coached by Bob Keller, uh, has, has got a uh, his his team is 11 and 13 with a 4 and 2 record in their conference. Mark Stevens out of Gulf Shores is hitting 384 with 28 hits. Bob's son Charlie Keller out of Mobile Christian is hitting 338 and has walloped 12 home runs in 24 games with 30 RBIs. Ty Mancha out of Mobile Christian is hitting 275. Hayden O'Dell from St. Paul's is 1-2 off the hill. And Brody Swindle out of Bayside Academy is 2-0 and o off the bump. Okay, uh, that's your collegiate report. And I'm going to hand this thing off to Ricky Patterson in just a minute. But I'm going to see if we have Lance Johnson on the line right now. Lance, are you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. All right, man, I'm rambling on here. I'm wound up tonight with some baseball. We're trying to get it going here. But, Lance, th thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. And, uh, you oh, know, no problem. Man, you've had, you had such a tremendous career uh, in the major leagues and the college level as, a, as a, uh, roommates with Kirby Puckett at Triton. And then uh, somebody uh, lured you into coming down here to South Alabama, and then you broke the single-season collegiate record with 89 stolen bases before you went 14 years in the major leagues. But before I hand off to Ricky, I saw where you went out mm -hmm. to Blunt High School last week and, and put on a clinic for them guys. Uh, say a little bit about that, and then Ricky's going to catch up with you. All right, buddy? Yeah, well, uh, you know, all the all the black schools around here, you know, they're kind of short on, on baseball. And, uh, you know, we, we've done our thing, you know, with the school's joy, but then I go back behind them and try to teach, teach them how to hit, you know, so they can start being competitive. So, uh you know, I uh, I went to Blunt, I went to Viger, uh, 
last year, you know, behind the scenes, I went to uh, BC Rain, you know, and just making my rounds, just trying to, you know, let the kids know that, you know, I was a little guy like like some of them are, and they could do it too, you know. It's, it's a good thing for uh, the kids to see. Okay, well, uh, I got Ricky Patterson here, and uh, Ricky, uh, tell us a story about Lance. Or, or you and Lance talk. Let's, let's talk some baseball. Well, uh, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lance, uh, Jimmy got it. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, the last two weeks, you know, last week I was pretty good. I called him Jimmy Wickfield all the time, and then uh, I, I, I had to make sure that I corrected all that. <laughs> but uh, anyway. I wanted to, uh, you know, talk to you a little bit, you know, about your your time that you were in Triton and the type of players that you played with. I know you okay. played you you played with, you know, an all star outfield. You know, give us all the names that that uh, that you played with right there. I, I tell you, uh, I was I was talking to somebody uh, the other day, matter of fact, and I was telling them about the outfield that I played uh, with at Triton Junior College. And uh, that was the best outfield that I ever played on in my life. I mean, even including the big leagues, because you had you had Curry Puckett in right field. I was in left field, and there was a guy named Larry Jackson in center field. So can you can you imagine that? You know, me and Curry played center field at the big league level you know, all the years that we played. But at Triton College, neither one of us could play center because Larry Jackson was there. Right, right. He was he was, he was an amazing player, uh, definitely Hall of Famer. Well, definitely Hall of Famer. And sometimes your best players never make it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, the woods are full of them. You know, you go through the minor mm-hmm. leagues and you go back and start thinking about some of the guys you played with. And that never got there, and you was like, "Wow, how how did that guy not get to the big leagues?" Yes, yes, it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, the other thing about the minor leagues is how dysfunctional it is. <laughs> you know, I was really uh, surprised uh, when I was a coordinator uh, for the Marlins how dysfunctional most of the uh, professional well, uh, minor league teams are, and it, it, it's amazing to see that. Yeah, well, you know, that's one thing. You've always been a hard worker, and, and that's what I try to explain to everybody that, you know, you were one of those guys that you, you always put the time in. And when you came home, you went to work. And, you know, I, I can remember a lot of those days, but you know what? I wouldn't take anything for it. And I know that you were – you wanted to be a major leaguer, and you were determined to be that. And, you know, your work ethic was tremendous. And you know, if that's one thing, if, if that if a young players today, the work ethic that you have, if they can get a little bit of that, they got a chance. Tell well, me. I, I tell you, I tell you, the way I looked at it, Rick, was if you wanted, if you wanted to be one of the best in the world at what you did, then I felt like you had to, you had to practice. Uh, more than everybody in the world, not just in Mobile. But every state, every country, and that's that's the way I look at it. Plus, I had guys like you to monitor me, so you know, uh, you 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 really helped me out a lot too, and I love you to death for it. Well, uh, thank you, Lance. But oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. The the main thing is that your your work ethic and and people don't really understand all the things that you went through and being and you were not one of the bigger guys on the on the field. You were a guy that uh, you know, that you had to do. You always felt like you had to do more, and I think that's what really helped in your work ethic. Is that you know you you knew you you felt like you had to work harder because you wasn't one of the big guys out there. Yeah, I, look, I wish I wish I could have sat back and hit forty home runs and, and, and ran a little less, but you know, like Frank Thomas or somebody yeah. like that, you know, who had the physics. Uh, I had to. I had to. I had to. I had to be literally three times as good as the bigger guys. I had to do everything better than them. Maybe the only thing that I couldn't do better than the big guys was put the ball over the fence. But that was it. Well, you know that, what I mean? Yeah, there's no doubt about so, that. You know, you, you. I mean, defensively, 
Offensively, there's one thing, Lance, you could hit. There's no doubt in my mind you could hit, and you've always been able to hit. I mean, I, I mean the story, how did you come to South Alabama? There was a catcher that played for us, and mm-hmm. and and his father had told me, you know, about you. And mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, Stanky had me on you a lot. That, you know, I had – and I, mm-hmm. re- I remember calling you. I never could – find you i was wondering what in the world i used to have to call your mom and try to get the phone number where you were where, where were you staying in uh chicago at that time no no i was uh, uh oh oh in chicago yeah i was staying with uh a family a host family like the montgomery's okay the montgomery's i stayed with i stayed with their family so uh you literally had no chance to, to really catch me you know because i didn't have a I didn't have a cell phone or nothing like that. The only way you could have really caught me was at the at the junior college. You know, that's the, that's about the only way you could have caught me. Yeah, well, it's just like you were always stealing bases. Is that right? Actually, 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 Joy. Uh, the two years that I was up at Triton, I was lucky enough to have a, a, a well, a coach, a coach up there as well as Ricky when I came down here, coaches like that, they let you they let you learn what you can do. You know, you got most coaches, they say, well, we're going to let you do this and let you do that, but when it comes down to it, you know, they're not going to let you. But, you know, when you're scrimmaging and stuff like that, uh, I knew I was going to break. I knew that if I played, I was going to, I knew I was going to break the uh, college stolen base record when I came down to South Alabama because that was my goal. And I had practiced two years in junior college to do it. So, and I had told a few people that I was going to do it before I even got down here and, and did it. But, but I was lucky enough to have, have a coach in Ricky Patterson uh, when I got down here to uh, allow us to learn ourselves, you know, and Coach Kitchell as well. But well, they, they they allowed they allowed me to learn to learn the game and learn what you can do. They didn't care if you got thrown out or what what in practice. It wasn't a big deal. They wanted you to learn all that you could do, and that's what helped me. Well, you know that was one. I, I remember when I was talking to you, recruiting you, is that you know you needed to come play with us because you know we were. We were a, a running team, and that mm-hmm. and that was one of your strengths. And you know, not yeah. only being a good defensive player, but you know, that was one of the things that you know that you enjoyed doing, and you were very good at. And I said, you know, you need to come to South Alabama because we're gonna let you run. And and that was yeah. I, that was one That's of the main game. things that you know I kept. I I think that kind of turned you towards South Alabama. But, you know, we're – I know South Alabama, we're glad that, you, you know, you came here. And I know you've you've moved into Mobile and you never left. And, you know, that was yeah. – go ahead. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. But, you know, that first that first uh, December when I, when I was down here walking around in shorts, Rick. Yep. That, that kind of did it because you know I, I couldn't stand the cold weather. I'm from up north, you know, where it's freezing cold and stuff like that. So, you know, I've been down here every since, and I, I love it down here. Well, I, I know the weather had a lot to do with it because uh, being in Chicago in that time of the, time of the year, and then you know you're playing there in Triton. You know, when you start the season, it was awful cold. Of course, you know, like February right now, what was it, 28 degrees last night? I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, they, yeah in, Chicago, in, in Chicago, like b- below zero. Okay. And we used to we used to have to shovel. We used to have to shovel the football field, and that's what we had to practice on when it snowed. So we would shovel the football field off, and we would be out there in the cold playing on the uh, football field. Right, right. You know, on the turf, and 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 that's why we won all the time because. When we were down, and it was tournament time, and then you you think about all the times that you were out there, you know, uh, freezing, practicing and stuff. We we always would come back and win because you know we didn't want 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 all that 
to go to Wakes. You know, it, it was amazing how it worked out. All the, every time that we every time that we shoveled, we went to the we went to Grand Junction, and uh, the two times that I was there, we were uh, fifth in the nation two years in a row. Well, that was your weight program. You had to, you know, shovel all that snow because I remember when you yep. came in here and we had to work with the weights, and you said, "I don't know how to do all that stuff with the weights." <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The funny thing about it was, uh, yeah, I couldn't stand lifting weights back then. I couldn't stand it, you know. But I, I did other little things, you know. You know, I, I would I would squeeze a bar a thousand times every other day and stuff. Stuff like that, but as I got into pro ball and as I start moving up, hey, them guys was getting stronger and stronger each level that I was going up, and I had to ultimately get with the program, you know, and uh, and, and and you helped you helped me with that, and that's what we did. So, well, tell them a little bit about how we used how we worked out to change the perception of what people. Uh, well, I, yeah. Well, Larry Himes, the general manager, he called me and he he told me that, hey, look, uh, Rick, you know, you you know, you had him at South Alabama. I said, you know, we want him to get stronger. I said, I want you to during the winter, I want you and Lance to work out. Well, you know, the general manager tells you to do something, then you're going to do it. So right. I, he said, you know, put him on your program. You know, get him back going. Mm-hmm. So we start doing the program, and then the strength and conditioning guy comes. You know, he calls me and says, uh, "I was called by Larry, and he wanted to follow up and see how you were doing." So I said, "Okay." So I told him the program, and he goes, "You guys need to jump in the car and come down here." So we you know, let me look at your program that you're doing. So we go, we we get down there, and the guy takes the the program and he breaks it down in five days. And what we were going in and working out, I think we were working out for like three hours at a de- you know a, at a time, and he broke that down for us. And of course, you know I was a lot younger then, and I started working out with him. And Jim, uh, I'm sorry, Joey. He, he, let me tell you something. He, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I'm in there and we're working out together, and and. and I think Lance got up. See, don't think, guys, Lance was extremely strong. Once he got into that program, we got up to 300 pounds, and I was like on the bench, and I'm like, what in the world am I doing? I said, I don't don't have no eligibility left. So I said, I'm just going to stay right here. I said, all that other stuff is too hard to work. And Lance blew right by me. He was benching benching 350. Oh, my goodness. You know, yeah, I went up to 365. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, and, and then, and then look, look, when, when I had started, when I had started, uh, start, started my warm-ups at that time, I was warming up at th- with 315. Those were, that was my warm-up. Yeah. I, before I moved up to 365. Yeah, and if anybody out there mm-hmm. remember Danny Pascal, Danny Pascal was a barrel-chested guy one of the strongest guys in the White Sox organization. And we, and we were in the weight room one day, and, you know, I was, of course, I was Lance, you know, uh, we were partnered up, and he had uh, he had 300 pounds on there. And uh, Danny Pascal walks by and says, Lance, what you going to do with that? Look at it? And he goes, no, I'm fixing to work out. And he goes, yeah, right. And Lance took that, he took the weights off the rack, and pressed it yep. up, and Danny Pasquale turned around and walked off. And he, yeah, that, I, I did it ten times, and then later on, uh, I said, "Danny, I ended up. He couldn't bench more than me, and I ended, ultimately end up showing him how to get up to benching four hundred pounds." <laughs> I never knew you're that strong, Lance. I mean, we have some great times out at Joe Connick's uh, uh, gatherings, and and man, this is a good story to talk about next time we meet out there. This is awesome, man. 165 pound or 160 pound or throwing 350 yep. pounds around like that. Well, you know, you, yep. you, 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 you show people how you hit and stuff, and that, that's a very good instruction. And, uh, well, you know, here's, the thing, here's, the, here's the thing, Joy, and, and Ricky attested to this. Okay, we had a couple guys on the team. You know, they were big. You know, they had the physics, but they, 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 they were okay ball players, but they filled up. But they looked good in their uniforms. And and me, I was just I was just skinny, 
and and you know they're paying they're paying these guys that, that really can't play that really can't play but but they're getting paid to look good in the uniform so I had to change the perception of what my bosses you know thought of me and that's what me and Ricky did and when I came down there and I put that and I started lifting all that weight. Guess what? Everybody had a different, uh, 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 a different outlook about me, and then they, and 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 then, and then my pay started going up because I start filling filling the uniform there. No, your but I could your play pay went up because could you could play. play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, uh, Lance. Uh, before I throw it back to Ricky, and before we wrap this thing up, I'm going to throw some some stuff out there for the listeners that 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 may. That, that may not that, that may not realize you know uh, they they know Lance Johnson but they may not know the numbers that you put up so I'm gonna throw some stuff out there and correct me if I'm wrong on some of this but uh, Lance Johnson was a 291 hitter he had 1565 hits in his career 14 year career he went by the nickname of One Dog because he wore number one and he had 117 triples including 21 in 1996. He had uh, scored 767 runs and and uh, stole 327 bases and and which was a, he is a 75 percent base stealer. And at 1996, Lance, outstanding season. In fact, Lance Johnson is the only player to lead the league in hits two consecutive years, and he did it with two different teams. Or lead the league in, 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 in two different. Uh, let me get this right. Is it the only major league player with two different teams and two different leagues? You, you had a, you led the league with 186 hits with the White Sox in '95, and then '96 you had 227 with the Mets. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, but you know, if you if you look at it in '95, you got to remember we got locked out on uh, August the 12th, so I would have had way over 200. I've been up around two twenty, two thirty that year as well. Well, you know, you know, I didn't, I did not factor that in, uh, Lance. I didn't. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, we still had a, we still had a month and a half left to go. Going back season. to that '96 season where you were an All Star and and we talked about it without Piazza hitting that home run and double, you would have been the MVP of that All Star game. But should have been. That yeah, you're right. Stole a base. Uh, uh, had five putouts in the outfield, but in '96, listen to these numbers: 724 plate appearances, uh, 227 hits, 21 triples, 31 doubles, nine home runs, 69 RBIs, and he hit 333, which was fourth in the league. He was sixth in the league with 117 runs. Those are big time numbers, Lance. That was incredible. Is that the same year you might have went six for six with three triples in one game? No, that was with the uh, White Sox. No, no, that was the year before. Oh, that was the White Sox. Okay. And there's one other thing mm-hmm. I want I want to hit on, and uh, there's there's only four players that played with the Cubs and the White Sox in Chicago, and the Yankees and the Mets in New York, and uh, mm-hmm. one of them's Lance Johnson, another guy named Charlie Smith, and another guy named David Ardsma, and the other one is a popular name Dick Tidro. He's a pitcher. That's an amazing feat right there, Lance. And there's, there's... Yeah, but, but check this out, though. But check this out. That guy you're sitting with right now, I believe, is the only coach that did the same thing, too. It, you know, I, I have not even thought about that. He... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. White Sox, Cubs. Mets and and the Yankees. He's the only he's the only coach that probably ever did that. <laughs> man, I, I I'm just I'm just happy to be around you two guys tonight, man. I mean, this is cool stuff, man. But uh, you know, I never put that together, Joey. Never put it together. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Lance is crafty, man. There's hey, there's reasons he knows how to steal bases and get base hits. But uh, but uh. All right, Ricky, wrap this up with old Lance. We've had a great time. We talked with a guy named Wade Boyette uh, earlier tonight, Lance, and Ricky's going to wrap it up with you. But I want to thank you for coming on, coming on with us tonight, man. And we're going to have you on again, and let's get together and, and uh, have, some, uh, have some fun baseball talk as soon as you're able to do it, buddy. Well, it's, all, it, 
It's always good talking to you. You know that, Lance. You know we oh, yeah. we hadn't been able to meet lately because I've been running. Uh, I've been running pretty much every day about doing lessons. But I, I wanted to check on the, on my boys how they were doing. You know they're they're over at St. Luke, right? Yeah, they're they're over there. Uh, they're doing all right. They're get, they're getting better. They're getting better, but uh, if they're getting better. I just wish the coach would give them a chance to play. Well, so, you, you know, like like you you know, you know my workout right that I used to do with the dumbbells. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Kenneth is on twenty fives right now. And he's absolutely hitting the crap out of the ball, but the coach don't know it. You know what I mean? But you know he's, he he doesn't know it. I just wish he would give him a chance to play uh, because, like, if you look at the stats, if you look at the statistics, right? He got some eighth graders and stuff playing. They not hitting. Okay, so I mean they're going to be back there four years. They're halfway through the season. My boys, they. They're the fastest guys on the team. You know what I'm saying? So right. just hey, you're gonna have a you're gonna have an eighth graders there for four more years. At least you know, you know, let let a couple guys get in there and get some at bats. You know what I'm saying? And see what they can do. Well, you you know, uh, it's it's kind of strange. You know, everybody wants to win, and yeah, it's not a whole lot about development. And you can, yeah. I, I mean, I've been to a lot of lot of games and stuff lately, and w- sitting there watching, and you know that's that's a part of it, you know. You and I think your boys are going to be kind of like you. You were kind of a late developer, yeah. you know. You exactly. you 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 develop exactly. you develop late, and you know there's and I'm sitting there watching my own grandson, and you know he's and I look at him, and you know he's going to be a late developer. I mean that's just the way it is, kind of like Joy. You know he was a late developer. <laughs> I hadn't got there yet, man. I'm still working on it. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You know you were a late developer. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but you know what? Like you know, I, I've talked to my boys, and it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny to watch it, okay? Because you know. You know, me and you being professionals, right? Right. You know, we're gonna we're gonna know what we're looking at when you know the amateurs aren't. Yeah. So, but they don't know no better. You know what I'm saying? So, so listen to this. When I was when I was in high school, okay, and I was in the tenth or eleventh grade. Guess what? They had to. They would let me go out and play center field. And then for the first two weeks, they didn't let me hit. They let the biggest guy in the school hit for me, and he struck out two weeks in a row. And I was look, I was the best player on the team. The other kids knew it, but they weren't going to say nothing. They were playing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they're not. So exactly. So well, that's kind of like what happened playing. in pro ball, wasn't it, Lance? Right. I mean, you know, with with the White Sox, you got sent down. And the and the guy became a general manager, and then you had a guy play. He was a pretty good player, but you know he pa- right. passed his time. Was Daryl Boston, and right. and, and right. they had to keep him on the roster because they had a million dollars in him, and they only had uh, what at the That's time right. was one hundred twenty five thousand uh, dollars. If you made the team, yep. it only cost them one hundred twenty five. But they took him yep. because he he had a million dollar contract, and if they released him. They had to put him in the big leagues. I mean, they they had to pay him his million dollars. He could have walked off. Yeah, he was he was out of he was out of options. Him and Kenny was out of options, and I had options. Right, right. Kenny Williams was the biggest dog I've ever seen in my life as a professional baseball player, and I don't mind telling it to his face. I saw him hit a I saw him hit a ground ball and he took a right hand turn, came straight in the dugout. I was finished. <laughs> hey Lance, I, you know what? We're just getting warmed up, man. We could talk for days because I want to hear story after story from from you, man, and from Ricky both, and we'll get together soon. But I'm gonna end on this, and you're a triples guy, and uh, this is this is so cool. Yourself and Luis Gonzalez, another one of the greatest players that that come out of South Alabama. Both of y'all had triplets. How did that happen, man? I mean, that's just incredible. 
But, uh, but anyway, that's for another story, but that's an amazing deal. Again, Lance, thank you so much, buddy, for coming on. And uh, like I said, I wish we had more time, but we've we got to wrap it up here. And we're going to continue this, and we'll, we'll, we'll get you on again once we, you can get your take on some of the major, league, major leaguers and how they're doing out there this year. How's that sound, buddy? That, that sounds real good. Love you guys, man, and looking forward to uh, coming on again. I love you too, man. I love Come Ricky see me. too. And even though I'm a Jimmy Wigfield guy, hey, Wigfield <laughs> loves it too. We're trying to have some fun. We're getting used to this stuff down here. Again, thanks for coming on, Lance. He, he messed up so bad today, I had to start calling him Jimmy again. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. You got you to gotta, you gotta fail to succeed, though, for sure. Thanks again, That's Lance. Right. Have That's a great right. night, buddy. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Joey Warner and Ricky Patterson on the WNSP Now, The Batter's Box. I want to thank my producer, Nick Wiggins, for putting up with us down here. We really appreciate it. We're signing out. <laughs>